Uh, welcome to the fourth uh, of our videos about the classical and medieval era Britain. Uh, so previously we learned that the, the Anglo-Saxons had established a relatively stable rule of what is now known as England, and they had uh, formed seven uh, distinct kingdoms. Uh, 1066 uh, brought about many changes. So until 1066, uh, England was ruled by a king called Edward, and he ruled through a mixture of uh, strict religious, uh, Christian religious practice, uh, you know, making alliances uh, with um, different leaders around England and uh, in Europe. Um, Edward had quite close connections with the Normans, and the leader of the Normans, Duke William, uh, was a distant uh, cousin. Uh, king Edward had no uh, heirs to the throne. And in 1066, uh, he died suddenly. And this created a power vacuum in that the question uh, was asked, who would rule England uh, after Edward? So there were three people who wanted to rule England. Um, there was uh, Harold. Uh, he was the brother-in-law of Edward. He was married to Edward's sister. And he was there when Harold, uh, and he was there when Edward died. So he was um, naturally the next in line to the throne. He was quite popular uh, with the local kind of government uh, at the time. So he was ne naturally the next in line uh, to take power. Uh, Tostig was the uh, brother of Harold, um, but he'd been banished to the north uh, by Harold and Edward for failing in his duties uh, a few years earlier. So he was in England, but he was in the north. And I guess he would probably have considered himself to be second in line uh, to the throne after Harold. Uh, Duke William, he was the Norman leader. So he stated that Edward had promised him he would rule after Edward died. So if this was true, then really Harold should have supported him instead of taking uh, the crown for himself. However, eventually Harold did take power and he made himself king. Uh, he was accepted by uh, the local leaders. He rejected both Tostig and William's claim to power. And this created a situation in which uh, both Tostig and William uh, attacked Harold and tried to take the power uh, to the throne. Uh, William's attack, the Norman conquest, uh, was not completely unexpected, uh, but the timing was uh, quite sudden. So even though Harold knew William wanted the power, he did not expect an attack at this time, basically because the uh, William would have to sail across uh, the channel from France to England, and the weather was too poor uh, to sail at that time. Uh, however, England was prepared uh, to receive uh, William and his army, and they had a fairly strong army uh, of their own. Uh, Harold had a problem. However, uh, William was planning to attack from the south, and at the same time, Tostig uh, was planning an attack from the north. Uh, so King Harold uh, decided to fight them both. So Tostig had joined with 
a Norwegian king, a Viking king, and they had a, a fairly large army. Uh, he, he arrived first uh, from the north, and Harold marched to meet him in battle. Uh, Tostig uh, was actually pretty surprised when Harold arrived uh, so quickly. Harold marched with his army uh, really quickly and kind of caught them by surprise, and they had a battle with them. And the English army under Harold defeated Tostig and the Vikings, and Tostig was uh, killed. So the English king uh, had his first victory uh, in battle. Uh, unfortunately, William arrived in the south almost at the same time, uh, but far away from where Harold had just defeated Tostig. So Harold was forced to march uh, again quite quickly with his army to fight uh, William. So Harold arrived uh, quickly, but his army was, was tired from the battle with Tostig and the march up north. Uh, so the battle itself lasted for an entire day at a place called Hastings. So during the battle, uh, Harold was killed, uh, possibly shot through the eye with an arrow, although we're not entirely sure about that. And William was declared the winner, and then he, he took the crown uh, on Christmas Day, and he was made the new king of England. So like with any invasion previously, uh, there were people who rejected the conquest of William, and the northern the Norman army punished people harshly who rebelled against them. Uh, to make themselves uh, feel safe, the Normans started building uh, stone castles and fortifications and replacing local Anglo-Saxon leaders with more friendly uh, Norman leaders. So the legacy of the Norman invasion uh, actually had one of the greatest uh, effects on English uh, society. So for the first time, uh, Europe and England were connected to a king who had connections to both France, in which he was a duke, and England, in which he was now a king. And this meant that England was directly affected and changed by French culture. So we can see these changes in the architecture. Uh, we can see more and more stone cathedrals and buildings uh, being made in the same style as in France at the time. So we previously mentioned uh, castles. Now castles were built to protect important towns and areas. And really we can still see them in modern times. Uh, the castles themselves are incredibly difficult to fight against. So to own a castle means you have the power and the status uh, to basically win most uh, disputes. Uh, as well as architecture, the language changed also. Uh, English as a language had already been uh, altered and changed due to the use of the uh, Roman Latin and also the Anglo-Saxon language, which is similar to German. So now, as well as the Latin, and uh, Anglo-Saxon, we can now hear French words being introduced uh, as well. And lastly, and most consequently, uh, a new type of society was introduced to the English people. Uh, this follows the style in France, and this was called feudalism. 
So feudalism was a concept that created uh, four areas of power, uh, the king, the nobles, the knights, and the peasants. So feudalism works in a, a hierarchy style based on uh, land ownership. So whoever owns the land, uh, so in this case, uh, the king owns everything. And then the king allows people to rent it from him. They were the nobles. Sometimes he would give it to them. Sometimes he would, uh, they would rent it from him. And underneath those, uh, the knights would uh, lease it from the nobles. And the peasants themselves would actually be the ones to work the land. So uh, it was a kind of system that worked on every uh, part of the hierarchy, contributing to the other. So the peasants worked the land. They were allowed to live on the land and keep part of the uh, farm produce. And they would pay taxes and give the farm produce to the knights. The knights themselves would pay taxes to the nobles. And the nobles would then pay further taxes to the king. Uh, as well as this, it was uh, a kind of alliance. So the... Uh, the king could call on local nobles in case of a war and battle, and those nobles would use the knights um, to fight in their war, and the knights would sometimes use the peasants as soldiers uh, to fight as well. So everyone was uh, codependent on everyone else. Uh, okay, so a new type uh, of uh, record-keeping uh, book was created during this time, and this is called the doomsday book and it provides a lot of evidence for what happened during the norman times and uh, beyond uh, it even helps keep a record uh, for important events that happened uh, in england uh, well past the uh, the norman times so the normans were the last uh, human invader and the last conqueror that england had for some time to take a country by force uh, never really happened uh, since uh, this time 